But praise the Lord. Amen. Well, all right. Um, so check this out. First Peter chapter 2, verse 1 through 8. Praise the Lord. Amen. First Peter chapter 2, verse 1 through 8. You go ahead and you want to turn that. I'm reading out of the ESV. All right. If you ever wanted like that, that's what I, that's the elect standard version. All right. And so just the English standard version. All right. Praise the Lord. All right. And so uh, just to begin in chapter one, um, chapter two, verse one, it says this. So, 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 so put away all malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. And like newborn infants, man long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. If, if indeed you have tasted the Lord, that the Lord is good, as you come to him, a living stone rejected by men in the sight of, of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves are like living stones. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. To be a holy priesthood, boy, it's getting crazy. To offer spiritual sacrifices, man, are you serious? Acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord, amen. For it stands in scripture, behold, I'm laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious. And whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe. But for, for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. A stone of stumbling, a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the words they were destined to. Boy, there's a lot of craziness going on right there, huh, man? Amen. And so like last week, y'all, last week, um, Father, we give you the praise. Hallelujah, Lord God. And God, we, uh, we just need your guidance. Pour out, Lord God, just hardcore. Help us understand. Every one of us understand. Every one of us right here, here and at home or wherever we're at, help us understand your word in Jesus' name. Amen. So last week, um, I was in Tucson, and um, I went to a... Um, I just went to go honor um, <laughs> one of these living stones, all right? And uh, her name is Chelsea, okay? And, um, and uh, I remember I, a couple weeks ago, I asked you to pray for her, right? And that's her on the left. The guy on the right that looks constipated, that's me. Um, sorry. <laughs> Anyways, uh, some of you may remember her when she's been up here a couple of times, but I've known this kid since she was tiny. And uh, I remember when she used to dye her hair all kinds of different colors, man. And she got a guitar. It was just fire engine red guitar, man. And would just blast, all right? Just blast, just praise songs, man. With her, her, she'd dye her hair red and her hair would just be rocking in little old Baptist churches. And they were like, going, what the heck? It's like, praise the Lord, amen. <laughs> Anyways, um, she checked out early on us, man. All right. And, uh, but she, she checked out pretty, pretty hardcore because she sang her own songs at her, 
At her funeral, we listened to her sing How Great Thou Art. We listened to her sing some songs that she wrote. She even preached her own sermon. They asked me to come down there and preach last week for this little living stone who is still living, in my opinion. Not my opinion, it's just the truth. All right? They asked me to come and preach, man. And uh, and there's all kinds of things I could have said there because I've known her for so long. But instead, I thought, well, how awesome it would be if she could preach her own her own sermon at her funeral, man. And so I, um, I, did some, I did some digging, man, and I found something that she wrote years ago. Uh, and, um, and dude, she preached her own sermon at her, at her funeral, man. She, just, she preached Romans chapter uh, eight verses, I mean, Romans chapter five, verse eight. She just preached this sermon and it was just all her own words, man. And it was just so amazingly impactful. All right, and, I, and, and it was crazy, man, because people were asking me, you know, hey, are you tripping, man? Because, you know, I know how close you were to this kid and how, how close she was to you. She was like, well, she was a spiritual daughter. And it's like, you know, it's weird because, you know, I'm not really tripping because I'm gonna see her again. Amen. You know what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. But you know what? I saw something that kind of also blew me away because I was kind of expecting, expecting to see some people from, the, from back in the day, all right? And, and, uh, and I saw something that blew me away. I saw, um, you know, a, my old youth group, my very first, very, you, know, uh, you know, for some reason when I got out of prison, this Baptist church thought that it'd be a good idea to make me their youth pastor. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so he just got out of prison, put him in charge of the kids, all right? So, all right, anyways... And so, um, and it was crazy because I saw that they were all there, man. There were a lot, not all of them, but a lot of them were there. All grown up, man. You know what I mean? And they're there checking out. There's a picture of some of them, man. And we're all just chilling. Uh, There's not all of them, but like some of them were there, man. And like in the back there, I don't know if you see the dude in the shades in the back towards the window, kind of looking to the right of me. Uh, that's the dude who actually led me to become uh, a youth leader and then a youth pastor. And he kind of schooled me and all that, man. And, 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 and it was crazy because I'm sitting around with these people, man. And I got to kick it with them. And I was recognizing that even 24, 23 years later, you know, they, they, they were just kids. They were just tiny when, 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 when um, we got to go hang out and just do some crazy stuff. I mean, it, you know, and, and it was like, insane to sit there and look and listen to their lives. And not all of them were like, just kind of like sold out and working for Christ and working with Christ, living for Christ and stuff like that. But, 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 but they were all there, but most of them, it was crazy just to listen, man, just uh, to their stories, man, and how God has made an impact on, is still impacting not only their lives, but also impacting their families, impacting their communities, impacting their vocations. And it was just kind of amazing just to kind of listen to these stories of these living stones. It's kind of making up the whole thing, man, because they were continuing to push this, the, the, the church forward and they're still questioning everything and I love it. I've always challenged young people as men, question everything, ask questions. And if people ain't answering your questions, go somewhere else and get answers. 
But the one thing that they know, they don't question, they never question is because they've settled in on the fact that Christ Jesus is the cornerstone, is the foundation of their life. And it is, it was just a blessing to see and, and, and amazing to be around, man. They, they, they have recognized, hopefully like, like we have recognized that our, that our lives, right? That our lives that are, are no less than, than building material as he calls us these living stones being built up as a spiritual house that, 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 that we're, that we're we live for the spiritual, the sacrificial house of God in Jesus, who is our main stone, the foundational stone, all right, our cornerstone, Jesus Christ. Amen? Because without Jesus, there is no house that is called his house. Right? Without Jesus, there's, there's no assembly that could be called his assembly. There's no church that could be called his church. There's no group of people that could be called his people. And what I love, man, is we were kind of hanging out. They've realized over the years, what hopefully we are realizing or continually uh, pursuing to realize is that we are the building. We're the building. All of us, I'm looking here, man, I'm seeing stones, these living stones, man, that God is building up as a spiritual house. It is quite amazing. Let me ask you this question, man. When you, when you think of a, of, a, of a building to worship in, when you think of a building to worship inside, to go inside and worship in, do you think of yourself first as that building? When you, th- when you think of a building to worship into, you know, to, to, to be inside and worship, do you think of yourself as that building? Think about this, man. Check this out. If you know that, that you are the church, do you bring the worship that is inside of you with you, wherever you go, man, or 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 do you, th- you know? Yeah, I'm gonna leave that part for later. If you know you're the church, or if you're coming to understand that maybe you're the church, or if you have been told and recognized that the church is not a building, but it is a group of people, an assembly of people that are called His. If you know that, man, then, 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 do you bring the worship that is inside of you with you to work, to dinner, to go kick it with your friends? I mean, because you're a living stone, man. This is what he's talking about. We're going to get busy on that in a little bit here. You see, too many times, I think, so many times the church, all right, tries to look like the world, all right, so that we can reach the world, and in essence, we end up, you know, forgetting that we're the church and we just become the world. Paul put it this, I mean, Paul Peter put it this way, man, and Pastor Blake, man, did such a great job last week when he, he shared with us, he said, so put away all malice, he says, put all the way all this hate, man, and all this, this bitterness, right? And, and put away all the deceit, man, continually trying to get things your way through manipulation. Put away all hypocrisy, pretending you're somebody on the outside who you know you're not on the inside, all right? Put away, all right, all envy and all slander. And like newborn kids, man, long for the spiritual milk. Just kind of just crave the spiritual milk, all right? That by it, by it, you may grow up into salvation if indeed you tasted that the Lord is good. I don't know about you, 
But when I taste something that is good, I want to keep tasting it. All right? Got a problem with that. I go around tasting things, man. I'm like, dang, that was pretty good. I just need a little more. Oh, man, I can't tell you how much. Never mind. Um, yeah. Ice cream, cake, anything with frosting. Not whipped frosting, but buttercream frosting. And like, we can just go on, all right? You know what I mean? It's bad. All right? But what's crazy, man, is when you taste something, you want more. And that's why Peter takes it for granted in this verses, in our verses. Here we go. In, ver in chapter uh, 2, verse 4, 1 Peter, he says, as you come to him. And basically speaking, as we continually come to him. Because you know what? Things get crazy. Life doesn't, you know, operates so many times without our permission. And so many times, you know, like, we feel like we have failed and failed and failed and failed. And so many times we think, like, no, he's failed, he's failed, he's failed, he's failed. And so, but, you know, but, but, but at the end of the day, right, if you have tasted that the Lord is good, you will recognize that he is always good and that he is good all the time. All right, and that he is continually good, and that he is good when things are not good. He is good when things are really, really bad. He's even good when things are horrible because he is still good. And that's why he says, Be holy, for I, because I am holy. Be holy as I am holy. He says, Because I'm always good, man. He says, Just come with me and be mine. All right, and he says, Don't try to be this good person, don't try to be this godly person. Just allow God to be himself in and through you. Amen. And so he says, as you come to him, all right, as you continually come to him, all right, as you're always coming back for more spiritual nourishment, more Jesus, more love, more goodness, more God in your life, as you come in faith, as you come in worship, and as you come in prayer, he says, he says, he says, as you come to him, him, Jesus, who is this living stone that was rejected by man, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious who is still being 2,000 years ago was written and then actually quoting scripture. He's talking about scripture that was written about him years before that. But even this year, even, even today is still being rejected by men. And even today is still chosen and precious in the sight of God. He says, as you continually come to him, you yourselves, here's where it gets crazy. This, this verse right here, we're gonna have to do some work. All right, because this is crazy. As you come to him, you, 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 you yourselves, you yourselves, like living stones, all right, like like this building material, all right, like like these like these blocks that are building up, all right, this wall, this wall, this wall, all right, this beautiful, beautiful spiritual house. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. Now, here's this is nuts. To be a holy priesthood, <laughs> you're like, words are going to start flying everywhere, right? Ready? Here we go. You yourselves, like living stones, you continually come as, as you recognize, all right, that, 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 that this is, that, you know, who he is, and he is, you know, that's Jesus, and he's God, and he's always good, and you've tasted it, and you know that he's always good, right? And, and, and so as you continually come back for more, you start to realize that you yourselves are this living stone, and you're being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices to God through Jesus Christ. Woo, words just flew everywhere, huh? 
And you're like, what in the world? Let's leave that, let's leave that up there for a little bit, all right, until we get to this next verse. I just want you, we need to keep referring to this. Because what, I'm, what, I, what I think is being said here is that, is that not only are you the building material for the house, all right, but you're also the house that is being built up. And not only are you the house that is being built up, you're also the priest that is offering sacrifices inside the house that is being built up, that you are the house, that you are the building material that is building the house that is made for the priest to go. It's getting crazy, right? So, and so not only are you the building material for the house, and not only are you the house, and not only are you the priest to offer sacrifices in the house, but you also are the sacrifice being made in the house. You're like, wait a second. I thought Jesus was a sacrifice. It's not what he's talking about. It's not what he's talking about. You see, this life was never intended to be yours. All right? And, and if he's pointing to the sacrifice of Christ, then why are, what sacrifices are we offering? Hold on a second. I want to talk about the building material. I want to talk about the house. All right? I want to talk about the priest. And I want to talk about the offering. All right, so the building material, this, this is and always has been a we thing. This is a we thing, man. It's never been just a me thing. And too often we think that, you know, I hear this all the time. I don't need a church to worship God. Well, you're, you're right, but you're also wrong if that's the case because we are the church and we and the worship is in us and for us and to us and for you know and offered to him amen we offer we, we worship together with one another your worship my worship and we offer it up to him amen and for i need your worship because you ever feel like you just don't feel like worshiping you ever feel like you just don't feel like talking to god you ever feel like, you know, I just don't even feel like it. I know I should feel like it. I know I kind of, you know, but I just don't feel like it. Well, therefore, I need your worship. I need the worship in you to kind of spark alive sometimes that worship in me for his glory, for his glory. So we're the building material. And it's always been a we thing. It's not a me thing. Man, when I was sitting around the table with those kids, they're, kids, they're adults now. They're in their late 30s and 40s and whatnot. And well, one of them has like six kids, man, and they're just, and she's just amazing, you know, but, but I was just listening to them and I was listening to their stories as, as some live on the, on, the, on, the, on the East Coast and others in the Midwest and some right down here in, in Southern Arizona. And they're telling the stories, like one's telling like how we, you know, they were going out to, um, you know, hotels where prostitutes were and they're bringing them clothes and bringing them food and bringing them stuff, trying to serve and minister to them so they can know that they're still loved by Christ. And I thought, are you kidding that's kind of amazing, right? And, and, and I'm listening how others are trying to build this church from the ground up. And I'm like, that's exactly what we're supposed to do, man, for his glory. And I'm just listening to these stories. And as I'm sitting around the table, all right, I'm taking back 25 years when we used to sit around this exact same table in this exact same house where we were kicking it down there in Tucson. And I was just kind of amazed. And God was just kind of showing me this picture because so many times we think everything has got to happen right here, right now, when in fact it is actually being built. It is being built, man. And we're listening and I'm looking to the story being built. And, and, if, and if, you know, like, like we were to look 24 years ago, we thought, man, this there's, there's a couple of people there. I thought, man, well, I'm surprised you're still here. <laughs> 
You know, praise God. But it's kind of amazing. I'm looking at building material and I'm looking at this block sit here and this block sit here and this block sit here, this living stone, living stone, living stone. And I'm watching the connection. Come on, man. Are you hearing this? Man, because I'm, I, I, I know it all makes sense since I've been reading the scripture and I've been praying through this and I'm, and I'm looking at us and I'm thinking, man, imagine if we were just about this all the time. This connecting in around the dinner table with your family, but also across the street and then into the house next door and across the aisle and into that aisle because this is a we thing and it's never intended to just be a me thing. We are the building, amen? And this is, this is where worship happens. Too many times I think we're mistaken to think that, to think that worship has to come in. You ever feel like I just need to go there, man, because I just, need to, I just need to feel this worship. I need to be, you know, I need to have the worship come in. Worship does not come in. Worship is already in and it comes out. He, if, he, if he lives in and then, and then, you know, the question is, are you allowing him out? That's when we worship. He says he yearns for the spirit that was inside of you, the spirit of God that he has placed in you as a believer of God. I know this, man, because even Jeremiah, he says this in Jeremiah 20, verse, verse 9, when he's talking about the worship that lives in him and that needs to come out, he says this. He says, if I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, there is in my heart, as it were, a burning fire, man, shut up in my bones, and I'm weary of holding it in, and I cannot. I can't hold it in. Be quiet. I mean, I can't do it. Praise the Lord, amen. He's just alive in there and he needs to come out, man. I'm asking you, am I, come on, I'm not the only one feeling like this, am I? Come on, man, woo, am I He's in there, the worship needs to come out. Come on, church, this is what I'm talking about. We are not only live the stones that build the building, we are also the building where that, 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 that worship comes through and out of, man, and infects the planet and changes the world. You know, our good deeds isn't what changes the world. Our great plans and our great goals is not what changes the world. Our worship is what changes the world. The fact that you and I decide that we are gonna worship no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, no matter what's going on, we're gonna worship an almighty God because he has not changed. Amen. He says, you yourselves are living stones. You're the building material. You're the building. You're the priest, man. You know what I mean? And, you know, you're no longer do we need somebody to talk to God for us, to offer sacrifices for us. Back in the day, that used to be the case before Jesus. But he says, no, man, I'm talking to a royal priesthood. We're going to get crazy on that next week. He says, but we're also the sacrifice. And you're like, okay, that's the part maybe I'm having a problem with. Wait a second. No, man, because this life was never intended to be yours. Our salvation, our salvation, let me just get, our salvation is a free gift, amen? But it's gonna cost our life. Nobody told me that. <laughs> I don't get that part. Our salvation is a free gift, man. Jesus paid it all, all right? 
Jesus paid it all. Chelsea's sermon, Romans chapter five, verse eight, even while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, paid the price. But then he also said, if anyone would come after me, all right, I must lose, all right, his life. He must, he must basically pick up his cross. He must deny himself and come after me. It's free. It's going to cost our life. Why wouldn't we give our life? Oh, you're already giving your life away, man. Are you giving it to him? All right, because that's, that's the key. This life was never intended to be yours. Um, really, really quickly, put that one picture of all of us up there again together, please. The kid on the far right, left, with a white shirt on there, that's Travis B. All right, that's Travis, man. Uh, it's crazy, you know, because um, the guy that, the gray-haired dude that's walking back in the door, that's his pop, man. That's like one of my best friends in the whole world. His name's Rick. You've heard me talk a lot about Rick before. But, uh, but I'm pretty amazed at that young man right there. Because, well, when we, were, when we were over there, him and I sitting down talking. All right, you can go ahead and put that scripture back up because I want everybody to see that, chapter, verse 5. While, while him and I were sitting down talking, he was telling me a story. And, um, and you know, he, he started his own business. He's 23 years old. All right, he started his own business. He started buying restaurant equipment and used restaurant equipment, and he started restoring it and selling it to restaurants. And he started making a really good business. He got a warehouse, 1,000-foot square feet warehouse, started filling it up. All right, great, right? His business started to grow, got a 2,000-foot square, uh, square foot warehouse. His business continued to grow. He had to get a bigger warehouse even again. And he was doing really, really great. And uh, his rent for the, for, the, for the building, I think, was $2,200 a month. But his business was doing amazing. And then Corona hit. And the restaurants, as you know, a lot of them closed. And so his business kind of halted. Right? And then he was confronted with uh, a $2,200 bill. Uh, rent because he's in a lease and he has a continual lease. He had six more months of the lease, I think it was. And it was kind of crazy. I was talking to his dad a little later on and he was telling me a story in a different way. He was telling me how um, when his business started, he started making good money and uh, he had stopped going to this one church he was going to, or, 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 fellowshipping with this one group of people in this church that he was fellowshipping at and it just wasn't, you know, wasn't, happened in there and he was looking for something different, for something more. And he went to his dad one day and he was telling, hey dad, you know, I've been looking for another church. I still haven't found another church, but I really, really, he goes, he goes calm down son, you'll find something. He goes, no dad, you don't understand. I've been putting money away that I would be normally giving and I've just been putting it away in an envelope and I'm just waiting. I need to find this church. I want to start blessing the church. I was 23 years old. His dad says, well, how much you got in that envelope? $11,000, 23 years old, $11,000 put away just for the Lord and the work of the Lord. Well, now his business is kind of crashing down. His dad, great man of God, just says, hey son, just, you know, you might want to start thinking about dipping into that envelope to start paying for some of that rent because $2,200 is, is a big deal. Boy says, no, man, I can't do that. I will not do that. 
that's the Lord's. I've given it to him. And he says, besides, I already found a church and gave it to the church. <laughs> His dad was like, well, all right. Well, all right, okay. Now check this out. As uh, time started getting more rough, he was wondering what he was gonna do. The owner of the building approached him and says, hey kid, I gotta, gotta ask you something. He's like, what's up? He says, uh, I got a buyer for the building and uh, I need to buy you out of your lease. If that's okay, I'd like to buy you out of your lease. And uh, he says, how much, what do you think of work? Travis is a pretty shrewd young man. He says, give me 20 grand, 20 grand, six months, something like that. He's like, give me 20 grand. The guy's like, I can't do that. He says, I'll tell you what, I'll give you 11. I'm not kidding. Not kidding. <laughs> he gave him a letter. It was just amazing. It was just amazing, man. I mean, you know, we're, 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 we're not only the building material, we're the building. We're not only the building, we're the priests who offer sacrifices in the building of praise and worship and, and the glory and honor to him. And not only are we the priests who offer sacrifice, we are the sacrifice. Is this starting to make a little more sense now? <laughs> it's a little bit crazy in the beginning. Okay, sorry. All right. And so what Peter is basically saying here, man, he's saying, look, you are a very important piece of the whole. Together, Jesus makes us the building. Together, we walk, we talk to him, we worship him, we offer up ourselves for his glory. We are the building and without him, we're nothing. Just as there's no building without building material, there's no building without a foundation. There's also no building without a builder. And Jesus was talking to Peter, and I believe Peter's thinking about this stuff because, you know, he'd often reflect on this, you know, when you can read in his writings how he's reflecting on times he spent with Jesus. And I shared with you a few weeks ago the one time where Jesus says, hey, man, who do people say I am? And they had all these different answers, and Peter's the one who said, hey, no, you're, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. You know, you're basically God. Not basically, you are God, is what he said. And, 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 and Jesus answered him. And he basically, he said, he said, blessed are you, he goes, you, you didn't learn that on yourself, basically. He says, but, but God has revealed that to you. And in, and in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, he says, I tell you this. And I don't know if you've ever picked up on this. He says, you're Peter, which actually the name Peter means stone. <laughs> He's basically, Peter, you're the first of many living stones. And on this rock, basically this bedrock of faith, all right, this, you are Christ, you are God, you're the son of the living, you know what I mean? You, you're God. He says, I'm gonna build my church. You, you getting the wording now? Peter says, you're, you're the Christ, you're the son of the living God, you're God. That's who Jesus is. And without you, there's nothing and before this, Peter's name was Simon. And Jesus says, no, now you're Peter. Now your name is Stone. This is the first one. He says, you're the first of many living stones, living stones. And he says, on this bedrock of faith, this, 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 that, that confession that you just made, I will build stone, 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 my church. I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Jesus is the builder. Jesus 
is the foundation. And Jesus himself is the main, most important stone. He says in verse six of, of, uh, of 1 Peter chapter two, for it stands in scripture, behold, I'm laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious. Whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Whoever believes in him will not be, he's talking, okay, I don't know if you guys understand what it means by cornerstone, all right, but I was talking to the most interesting man in the White Mountains. You guys know him as Steve Spurgeon, all right? And, uh, and he, you know, he was, he, you know, he had helped me build a garage in my backyard uh, a couple of years ago. And when we were, when it was just dirt, I was like wondering, how are you gonna like get this thing like square? How do you, where do you start? You know, I've put up a wall. I've hung some drywall before. Uh, you know, I've done a few things, but I've never had some dirt. And then all of a sudden there's a building. I said, Steve, where do you start, man? He says, you start with a corner. All right? He starts with a corner. He says, you start with this one spot, all right? And you, have, and, you, and you begin a corner that you start to just measure, all right? And you get that, you get that true that true line this way, that true line this way, that'll give you another corner, that'll give you another corner, and that'll give you another corner. He says, but you have to start with this corner. And if this corner is off, everything will be off. He says, from that point, you build out and you build up and you build up. He says, but without that corner, everything's pretty shaky. Even the foundation is built on that corner. Pretty amazing when you think of the language and how it's used in effect here with Jesus Christ, our cornerstone, all right? Because yes, we are the building material. Yes, we are the building. Yes, we are the priests who offer sacrifices. And yes, we are the sacrifice, but without the cornerstone, we're nothing. Is it making sense, man? I know it's a lot. It's a lot, amen? But without Christ, we're nothing, man. It just... And he starts there, the most important thing. You're the building, the people of God. We're the building. And he says, so honor is for you who believe. But for those who don't believe, the stone has become the, build, the, 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 the stone that the builders rejected and, and has become a cornerstone, a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to. And you're like, wait a second, what does that mean? Are some of us like just destined to disobey? No, what he's saying is that when you disobey, you're, 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 def, you're, you're destined yourself to stumble, man. When you, when you disregard Christ, then everything else isn't right. When you leave out the cornerstone, all right, of the building, the whole building is off and everything you build will be off. That's what he's saying. That's what he's telling us. And too easily, man, like I say, we try to reach the world. We try, you know, so we look like the world and we end up becoming the world and we just forget all about Christ and we start building on all these faulty, faulty foundations. And we actually do this even with people who become our quote unquote rock stars of the faith. Well, I follow him or I follow her or I follow them. Don't follow anybody but Jesus Christ. Amen. I can, I'm one teaspoon of some really weird medicine away from screwing this whole thing up. All right. You okay, I'm right here with you. There's a cornerstone. That's, I'm on him just as you are on him. I'm just a living, I'm just building material just like you. All right? But he says a stone of offense. 
And I, and I imagine, and I'm just going to end with this little story right here because this Jesus tells this story. He was telling a story one time about this. this I, I believe Peter wrote, you know, he's this, you know, he's the, the one the builder rejected, the stone the builders rejected, a stumbling stone, a rock of offense. And we're like, okay, what does that even mean? One day Jesus was, was being confronted by religious leaders, by the teachers of the word of God in his time. And he told him a story. He says, let me just tell you a story. He says, he says, one day there was a guy, right? And a master of a house. And he planted this huge vineyard. Right? He planted this huge vineyard, right? And, then, and he put a fence around it. Right? And he dug a wine press in the middle of the vineyard. And he built a tower, right? And he leased it to some tenants. And he says, you guys, man, just take care of this for me. I'll be back. Right? And he went off to a different country. And when the season for fruit draw near, he, he, you know, his, his servants, he sent some of his servants to the tenants, all right, to go and collect the fruit. And when the tenants saw the servants coming, they beat one of them, they, they, they killed another, and they stoned one. And so he sent more servants this time to, 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 to the vineyard saying, hey, look, man, you know, uh, you know we're, we're here to get the fruit. That's not even your place. And they did the same to them. And so finally, Jesus says, he says that the master, all right, finally said, oh, I'm going to send my son. All right, saying that they're going to respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they, 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 they said to themselves, here comes the heir. Let's kill him too. And then we can have the inheritance for ourselves. And they took him and they threw him out of the vineyard and they killed him. And then, then Jesus looked at the people, these, these leaders, these teachers of the law, these, these quote unquote priests and whatnot. And in Matthew 21, verse 40, he says this, when therefore the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to these tenants? They said to him, he's, he's gonna put those, here's what they, they answered. They didn't, they didn't pick up that he's talking about them yet, all right? And he, they said this, well, we'll put them, those wretches out to a miserable death and then let out the vineyard to other tenants who will give their fruits in season. And Jesus said to them, have you never read the scriptures that the stone the builder rejected has become the cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing its fruit. You see, their job was to know God and make God known. And they weren't doing it. So now guess what? You're the uh, people. You're the building to know God and to make God known. You're the building. You're not the builder. You're the building. You're not the foundation. You are the building. And are you allowing him to build you up with other living stones? This is kind of a two-part message within the series. Next week, we're going to go a little bit deeper with this. But for now, I just want you to just take this scripture 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1. Now go all the way to verse 12. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 through 12. And we're going to bring in from 
last week, what Blake had to say, this week, what we had to say, and hopefully just come together with an expression that God would have us express for his glory. But next week, this week, what I would like you to do, what I would like you to do, man, is what would it look like for you to connect with another living stone? Just with the language that he's using right here. What would it look like for you to connect with maybe a couple of other living stones and just kind of maybe even talk about some of this stuff? If you go onto the app and you hit that little cup of coffee down at the bottom, I was looking for the cup of coffee on my hand. It's not there, but usually there it is, all right? <laughs> if you look for that little cup of coffee and you'll open it up and you'll find this little plug that says sermon questions, open that up and there's some questions just to talk about this very sermon, this stuff right here. Take this week. Reach out to another living stone, someone in whom you know Christ lives. Bring your worship with you and praise Him together. Recognize what He's doing. All upon the cornerstone, Christ, our cornerstone. Stay with us right here as we continue this message right now. Amen.